0: Nate working himself towards higher leverage situations with Swanson and Meza and Jimmy.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it kind of depends on where we are in the lineup, but you know, threw him in there um, on the road trip in in higher leverage spot, and I think he's got a lot of confidence right now in understanding how his um, curveball and fastball, in particular, play off one another. And he's uh, he's been really good since he's been here. So he's a dude that you know you trust, and you know you got. I think keep keeping him. Pitching consistently is going to be a big thing for him so we can kind of continue to build off of it. All
2: right, that's John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Barker, why do you hate Nate Pearson so much? Don't lie. That's not true. Well,
1: let me ask you a question. When's the last time we've we've seen the Nate Pearson that we saw last night? i give you the answer to that before you even answer it. Never. We've never seen that Nate Pearson. And up until last night, I was, yeah, maybe it'd be better to, Pitching the sixth, maybe the seventh inning but if he can throw sliders and curveballs for called strikes in quality zones against decent hitters and elevate 99 to a hundo I'm all for it you can pitch him one through nine innings anywhere you want to pitch him eighth inning ninth inning first inning like you could he's pretty good when he
2: does that I'll give you that how's that well, that's that's better than I's better than I anticipated well, honestly. I give you I gave well, you I a little surprised. i gave
1: you an educated Answer. I was about a about a guy that we have n- never seen the way we saw last night. I mean, I can't, that's I, big league I, stuff I, I,
2: we I, saw last night. You come in today and uh, and you ask our producer Mark Bob. But he was up five runs when he was doing said, it. You said, I, "Get me that, get me that Schneider stuff about Pearson," because <laughs> Blair's all excited. That's his guy now. But there's you know, no I, question about I that. Mean, you don't even say hi to us. You don't do anything. You <laughs> walk in and you demand. It worked. Jays won 7 <laughs> 2 last night against the Milwaukee Brewers. I told you they're going to sweep the Brewers. You did. Second game of the series tonight is Alec Manoa against Julio Tehran. Tomorrow, Freddie Peralta takes on Kevin Gossman at 107. Those games, of course, are here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And Sportsnet is Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker, by the way. This is Blair and Barker. You probably know that by now. See, that's the thing because this is supposed to be a podcast type of thing. And, and a lot of podcasts, they don't, they, you know, like if you. I want to listen to this podcast. You know what it is. So the podcast starts. You know who it is. So sometimes I feel like I don't have to introduce we're ourselves. We're on the radio. We're on TV. I, still, I should introduce. Well, the yeah. TV thing it says right there. It's see Blair and Barker. Mm. Blair and Barker uh, on the TV side. Blair, Blair and Barker. Mm. I guess on the radio side, I should I should still do it. Um, so Nate Nate Pearson <laughs> last night. You to to your credit pointed pointed this out about Nate Pearson. I know he had uh, struck out four, uh, struck out the side uh, in his last inning of work. Struck out one, in, struck out a dude in a ninety-nine mile an hour fastball. Struck out two guys in a curve. Struck out a guy in a slider. But you made a point that, and this is, I think I know what why you mentioned this. You made the point he got six called strikes on his secondary pitches. Yeah, which if you are going to pitch in leverage. No question. Right? No. Question. What do what do we what do we say about pitching in late innings in the American League East? You don't want the ball in play. There you go. You do not want the ball. You want to mm. strike guys out. You don't want you want to minimize the drama. How do you minimize drama in a maximum way?
1: Yep. Keep, a secondary pitches for strikes. Bingo. Keep yeah, the yeah. dude's shoulder, well, well, uh, again, shoulder. Uh, look, it doesn't take a khaki to come up to somebody that hits off of Nate Pearson and say, hey, you know what he's trying to do to you, right? He's trying to get you out with elevated 99. Okay, fine and dandy. All I'm going to do in, in the bat is try and lay off of that until I get to two strikes, and then I'm going to battle, choke up, and just try and foul it all, put it in play. Maybe you'll throw one down the middle. I get lucky, I can hit a ball up the middle. Now, if he can continue to do what he did last night by what you're saying, get six called strikes, four of those were on the slider, two of those were on the curveball, if he can do that and the quality of those two pitches. Now, they weren't right down the middle. They were outer third to righties. The sliders were the big breaking ball to lefties. Those are big-time pitches, right? You can go away to a lefty with a breaking ball early in the count. You can go down and away to a righty early in the count. You can get ahead. Now, all of a sudden, you can go fastball away, tunneling off the slider to a righty at 99. And then you can elevate that big thing at 99 to a hundo somewhere around the chest area, which is impossible to lay off of. And it's a lot of the times impossible to catch up to because a lot of people are trying to get the ball in the air. That's why you see a lot of pitchers throwing the ball up. So, yeah, we poke fun a little bit at Nate Pearson. At least I do. Because I've never seen Nate Pearson look like I saw last night.
2: Left-handers are 3 for 26 off Nate Pearson. Righties are 8 for 31. They've hit a home run off him. Elevated fastball, Elevated 3 for fastball. 26. Uh, as, after last night, his mix, four-seam fastball, 60%. Slider, 27%. Slider averages 87. The last night, the slider was a little harder than we've seen in the past. But slider averages 87. He's feeling the, good. The curve is 13% at 81 miles an hour. Okay, so we've got 60% fastball, 27 slider, 13 curve. I always like asking people this. When Nate Pearson is on, let, let's just, when he is good enough that John Schneider is letting him maybe have the meat of the order at some point. Oh. What does that mix? 60, 27, 13. It throws 99 to 100, sometimes 101. See, I'd like to see the, wouldn't you, would you not see absolutely, more curve?
1: Absolutely not. I mean it's ninety-nine to hundred. You seen anybody hit that hard? It's rare. I mean occasionally they'll hit if he throws it right down the middle to a guy who's early in the count guessing because they've already eliminated the slider and the curveball. This is what I said. If you if now you put this in game planners minds that they know when he comes in the game that he can command a slider in a quality part of the zone to a good fastball hitter now they have to respect that and it makes the 99 look like 104 that's the difference right that's all they yelled and screamed about his dad came on this show and said he'd be the first dude to throw 110 well He doesn't have to throw 110 because the 99 will look like 110 if he's throwing the slider and the curveball as quality pitches for strikes. That's what I mentioned. That called strike with the secondary pitches makes that velocity and that fastball. And now he got a little attitude. You can tell, like, he's poking the chest out a little bit, and, you know, he's probably looking right at Pete Walker because Petey's the one that always has to come out and go, hey, you you know, I mean, I don't know what he's saying, but I can guess – you throw 99. It's a five-run hey, lead. Rockhead, you let's throw, throw 99. It. No, let's throw Let's it. not exactly. be afraid to throw it. Exactly. But now, all of a sudden, if you can command those two secondary pitches, then then you can do what you want with him. That's the thing, right? It's the what you've seen in the past didn't add up to what you were seeing last night. If he can carry that over, now you don't care what the part of the order you're in. If the eighth inning rolls around and he becomes your eighth inning guy, Who cares who it is? You're just going to run him out there because the slider and the curveball are really good. Uh,
2: We've got a a fun show for you today. We've got tickets to give away to see the Jays and the Padres down at the Rogers Center. That'll be a good series coming up Mm -hmm. uh, with our Blue Jays trivia. Ben Wagner will join us from the ballpark at 6 o'clock to get you set for the game. He will, of course, have the call of the game tonight. Uh, Howard Stutz is a reporter with the Nevada Independent. He will join us to discuss the Oakland A's and their potential move to Mm -hmm. Vegas and some of the intricacies of that. And Miles Naylor at 630. Nice. Uh, third baseman with the Ontario Blue Jays in Baseball Canada. He is uh, the top-ranked Canadian going into the 2023 mm. MLB draft. Yes, he is the brother. That's awesome. Hmm? Yeah. He's the brother of Bo and Josh Naylor. Yeah. Think about that. Three Canadian dudes could be taken in the MLB draft. Pretty cool. Never mind that. Three brothers could be taken in the MLB draft. Has that ever happened? It's happened one more time. One time in baseball history, and at six thirty, I'll tell you what the other brothers are. Awesome. And remember, like what I'm saying here. This is drafted, not three brothers who played in the majors. Sure, but three brothers who are drafted. I can it, remember it that. Is,
1: it is a rare, 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 rare occurrence. It's pretty cool. I, I can remember the month leading up to when I got drafted. And then and then it was like the couple of days before the draft and and, and I was told I was gonna be drafting the first round. <laughs> and who it, told did, you again? and it? it didn't happen. Well, it was accumulation of a of a couple of people that were not right. Did you have any idea so, who
2: was gonna pick did you think it sounded
1: like Detroit was pretty hot and heavy for me in okay. the first round, and then you know, the first round rolls around, you're waiting for the phone call. Because the first round doesn't last very long, right? Yeah. It's like you're going through that in a hurry. And then it's sort of like, you know, 15 minutes after 12, 20 minutes after 12, 35 minutes after 12. Did you have... A- and I'm still waiting for the phone call and it never happened. And it didn't happen until like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Damn. And, you know, my parents are pulling their hair out and I, so was I. And I was did yelling, screaming at over? my
2: agent. and... Or did you have people uh, yeah, over?
1: Yeah, I had some, you know, I had some, I had some people roll up in their four-wheelers because I live in the country. So, absolutely. It was a good time, but it was... It was nerve wracking. Like it was, you know. I don't want to toot my own horn. You know, I don't ever do this. Right. But I was a big deal coming out of college when it came to hitting homers, and you know, I like to tell people that I could hit them, and I felt very confident about me going in the first round because I think I was like the second best power hitter in the draft. Travis Lee, I believe, was for
2: the Diamondbacks. Remember, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to see who the Tigers picked in the first round. In that, I think draft. they had
1: the seventh pick, maybe overall in '96. Was it ninety six? Yeah, yeah ninety
2: six. I'm just trying to see here, see who. I believe they got. it was the
1: Tigers in the in the the I think they had the seventh pick. I'm close. I this believe. stinks. This
3: website.
2: Yeah, we'll find out. I'll find out who. Uh, yeah, who 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 the Tigers pick. Hmm. Um. But yeah, so Miles Naylor will join us. Very as cool. Well. That will be a lot of fun. And that will be. Uh, yeah, that is that is something. It's almost like the baseball version of the Sutter family, three Canadians. Yeah. Uh, three Canadians, and, and Miles is – they'll all be in – it would be a surprise if Miles Naylor isn't in the majors at some point. So there's a real chance that all three of them are in the imagine? majors That'd be awesome. at the same time. Yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, so we'll talk about that uh, later on in the show, but I want to get back, of course, to the Blue Jays, get you set for tonight's game. Uh, against the Brewers, and also talk a little bit about last night, what we saw last night. Uh, Vladdy Jr. last night, three singles. And that was what? The fifth three hit game of the year for him. Gives him 60 hits now, which are fifth most in the AL. And much of the talk before the game was about Wilton Guerrero, his uncle, who was at the ballpark or at batting practice yesterday, and I made this point on Blue Jays' talk last night. Um, You know, Vladdy Sr., Vladdy Jr.'s father is a Hall of Famer, but Wilton Guerrero, his uncle, was a major leaguer, uh, broke in with the Los Angeles Angeles Dodgers, played with the Montreal Expos as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, was a kind of utility utility dude, uh, middle infielder, and he has throughout Vladdy's career played a significant role not just in Vladdy's development as a as a person but as a player because Vladdy senior was off playing major league baseball a lot of the time and, and and Wilton was uh Wilton's career kind of ended uh ended before before seniors did so anyhow mm. Wilton's there yesterday and yeah. we we saw a lot of footage of him. I mean, they're just Kevin. There just seemed to be a lot of people talking to Vladdy yesterday. So, so two things, two things, two things. One, did you see anything different last night from Vladdy? And two, did, was what you saw mechanical or mental? And when I say mental, I'm including approach.
1: Yeah, I think it starts with mental. That's the one thing I I do know. Two of the three hits he got were pitches right down the middle. (laughs) I've been saying this to you forever. You get established dudes that are not Kevin Barker and the 25th guy and the 26th guy and the you know the 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 guys who are fighting to be big leaguers, not the established dudes. Most of the time for the established guys, it's not mechanical. Now I do know that Vladdy and the people around Vladdy thinks his hands move too much down. You know all the stuff that goes on with when he starts his lower half, his hands follow, and when his hands are following, they're sort of with just gravity's taking over and they're dropping too low, and he's having a big issue of getting them up again and that's sort of causing the out and around me personally from what I saw last night there's no different the only difference was is what he's swinging at I'll continue to say that is sometimes Jeff whenever you struggle and the expectations around you are as high as they are with Vladdy you think because you're hitting a ground ball to third or short it's mechanical it is not it is about what he's swinging at like a, a I cannot continue to say that enough. He's got a little bit of a sweet spot. It's about, even with his thigh, you take a a straight line and draw it from the middle of his thigh all the way over to the end of the strike zone. That would be almost towards the left-handed batter's box. Mm -hmm. You can draw a straight line across there. That's where he does maximum damage is that little straight line right there. If he can get that consistently, he will hit baseballs hard. If he chases a little down, a little up, a little in, a little down and away, like there's zones to get him out because of all the things that go on with his swing. It's like the last at bat I think he got the single off of. He took the 2-0 sinker that was on the black end. Three days ago, he swing he's swing at that. That's a ground ball to third. He's out. He took it. He got the 3-2 fastball right down the middle. He had a little bloop single to right field. But the point is, he gave himself a chance for that pitcher to mess up, throw a ball down the middle to where he could fight to get the barrel to the baseball. That's all you... That's all you're trying to do as a big leaguer. Like, you're just trying to do that. And there's a lot going on, right? I, I saw John Snyder. I saw Guillermo Martinez. I saw his uncle. And I'm sure they, that was three different answers. That's a lot of different answers. Then you got Bo over there saying you're doing this when you're good. You're doing this
2: when you're bad. Like, there's a lot in there. Can I ask you this? Okay, a couple of questions. One, who are you listening to out of that group? Well, I'm
1: sure y- there's anybody. That's why he flew him in. Okay. I'm sure maybe John Snyder maybe Bob Sheette so
2: basically everybody absolutely you the only person you didn't mention is the hitting coach
1: well if I'm the hitting coach Guillermo I'm thinking to myself the best hitter on our on our team doesn't think that I can fix it I mean i I don't want to say but that's right. sure how it looks sure by him flying in his uncle that we've tried everything else we've been in the batting cage i I know they're you know Guillermo does a really good job of ma- uh, matching guys up like he'll match up Say, I think uh, on the field in early work yesterday, it was Bo and Vladdy. So the, the, so the conversation, they're seeing each other swing. Mm-hmm. Today it would be Bo and Matt Chapman, or no, uh, Vladdy and Matt Chapman. And so so now you're getting two answer. different, right? You're getting conversations back and forth in early work, and Guillermo wants him to do it on the field instead of the cage so you can have conversation, right? You're out there with your buddy. He's doing sort of the same kind of thing that you're doing. You know, he's a little late, right, getting his front foot down, driving down and through the baseball. Sort of looks like you. You can have a conversation back and forth, good for Guillermo to do that. But you got to think if you're Guillermo. And now look, I I've, I've said this to you last night. I was in Double A, and I for about a week span, I couldn't hit a ball for tea. So I called my dad, told my dad to come up. The hitting coach for the Double A team was what I can't even remember the team. Didn't talk to me for like three months. I had to soft toss myself because I just made that dude so mad that he thought, well, why why aren't you using me? Well, because. My dad's been around me forever. He knows what it looks like when I'm going well. And whatever you're telling me, it's going in one ear and out the other. And so that's, it's an interesting sort of how, dynamic how there, hard right? How is
2: that? And there's something I did want to ask you about Vladi, but you, you brought this up. When you made that call, what were you thinking about how you would approach the hitting coach? I didn't care. Okay. You know me better than that. Yeah. No, I, I,
1: that's, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but (laughs) you needed, you knew where you needed help. from. Absolutely. I I just needed, it's sort of like your security blanket, right? Sort of like Vladdy calling his uncle. It's the, you know, he's, he's gotten him through some bad times or you wouldn't be calling him.
2: Are you like my dad? Are you surprised? What you were just telling us about Vladdy and what you were demonstrating. Would you call that having holes? Like, are, are you surprised I'll ask you: Does does Vladdy have more holes at this point than you thought he would, or is 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 what we are what you were talking about removed from a guy and, having a quote unquote hole? Yeah,
1: that, I don't think it's what I'm surprised about is not the holes because every every hitter's got okay. holes. Mike Trail has holes. Bouchette Bo has holes. Yeah. Like just right now, Bo's doing everything physically right. That ball's falling in, and he'll hit line to line, and ball sort of. You know, sometimes the baseball gods are going to the mm-hmm. going to the box with you and, you know, sort of everything kind of works out. I, I'm just a little surprised on it's sort of repetitive. Like, it's sort of the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like, uh, he is a great hitter. Why does it happen to him over and over and over? If I know that how you get him out is a little in – Vladdy knows how they get him out is a little in. Everybody else knows it, and he still swings at the ball a little in and hits a ground ball to third, short. Why does that keep happening? When you're a great hitter, great hitters correct it quicker than the Barkers of the world or the Cavan Bigios. no offense, or the Espinals, no offense. Like that's that's sort of right. They fix it quicker. Like Matt Chapman, why has it been an entire month of you being late at the plate? I don't understand that. You've been around long enough to okay. The tap thing is not working right now. You don't have to eliminate it, but why is it going on for a month? It's the entire month of May. That's the thing here, right? Is is it is it is it the conversation off the field? Is it your pregame work? What? Why is it continuing to go on over and over and over to where? You can throw it out that now you're getting family members being flown in to Toronto to help out a little bit and try and figure out how to – because they know, Jeff. They don't have to come out and tell you. they. The only way they're going to turn this thing around, it's nice to see what Bo's doing and Matt Chapman having the April, but if they don't get Vladdy going and Vladdy don't start throwing up crooked numbers in games, yeah. the chances of them making a serious – I'm not talking about a serious run at the American League East. But I'm talking about a serious run at 95 wins. How's that?
2: No, no, uh, absolutely don't don't disagree with you. Uh, Alejandro Kirk last night. He also had three singles last night. There's 14 hits last night. They were all they weren't all, all but, singles. All but one, I think. All but this. one. Yeah, somebody who had a double. Did Witt have a double? I don't know my schedule. Yeah, that right. had a double the, okay. the, the, in the first go. inning. Of That's the right. List. He had a first inning double. Okay, uh, so 13 singles last night out of 14 hits. Uh, Kirk, he's now gone 28 consecutive plate appearances without a strikeout. And that, that, if you're interested, is tied with Varsho for the second longest active streak in the majors. Ozzy Albies has the longest. I think it's 31-32. And Alejandro Kirk, over his past 11 games, is 14 for 38. Just two doubles, three RBI. Uh, Are you seeing or did you see last night with that three-hit game anything different? Anything different from right, I,
1: only, I only know wh- wh- whenever he talks, he, he, he says the, sort of the same thing over and over again, that they, meaning the organization, because he's really slow. He can't run. Can't, mm-hmm. we, we've come to that realization. Needs to get the ball in the air. <clears throat> Is he a guy that whenever you watch him, just by, if you, if you just sort of didn't look at him from the waist up and just watched his lower half and not have good rotation, you think he's a fly ball hitter? Not me, because fly ball hitters to have to hit the ball in the air have to catch that thing out front and create backspin. He's got a line drive swing. That's why he's able to get to the elevated fastball, right? He's got that line drive swing but when you're trying to create backspin and get the ball in the air your rotation off your backside meaning your front your back foot has to have rotation and almost be off the ground at the point of contact like frank thomas mm. your watch frank yep. thomas sit? at the point of contact his back foot is up off the ground because he's trying to create loft and get it in the air and the only way he can do that with rhythm and timing to catch it out front is to have good rotation That's the one thing you continue to hear him say. I think I don't know who asked him the question, but that's the first thing out of his mouth was is they've been working really hard and it's been really hard for him to figure out ways to get the ball in the air. I would think Danny Jansen going down and him getting to play more would help a lot. He needs more reps, right? The more reps you have just trying to time up what you don't do well with your lower half at this point it enables this, you to use your hands a little bit better have a better path and at this, and this time the of the year overwork isn't an issue
2: right at this time of the year i'm asking the wrong i mean, nerd yeah. it's a big leagues, <laughs> man. yeah i know i i, I, I realized that i well i just realized that i asked the wrong guy whether or not uh, uh, whether or not, whether I mean, or not it's that a, was a, the case well you're in
1: fourth place now it's go time
2: uh, before we break, let's touch on say, Kikuchi Last night, uh, two runs, three hits over five innings, a season high, five walks. Didn't get a lot of whiffs, Kevin. Um, but. Shaping
1: I'm, the location of the slider. That's what it is. That's the one thing that. you can look at, right? It's the velocity of the fastball. I, that allows him to go a little deeper in games because he throws hard. He's left handed. You know, ball gets on you. You can tell that it has enough run to it away from a righty into a lefty. He's real tough on lefties. But for me, I think to for him to graduate to the next level would be the shape and the location of that slider. I, it's not a slider. <laughs> I tell you this all the time. You're laughing at me. Well, I don't laugh at you. Is but it I, a cause I, I, like, look at it. Does it look like a slider?
2: It does not. It, it looks look like that. something else. And I, that's
1: what it is, right? It's the, sh- it's the shape of it, right? It really doesn't have shape. Like, a lot of the times, who throws... Who? Left-handed throws a slider at 91, 92 miles an hour. Nobody. So it must be how much pressure you're putting on one of your two fingers to be able to throw it that way. And it just seems to me like he's not convicted in throwing the slider. Like, you got to be convicted. He he seems like he likes to cutter it because that's a cutter. Mm -hmm. The 91 to where however he's gripping it and whatever pressure he's putting on his middle finger to be able to get it to just move a little right, to have it look like a, a cutter so he can throw it harder and have better location to it, that's that's sort of what it is. So, yeah, he looks like a number five guy. And that that's, you know, the again, I love the velocity. He's maintained that all year, which is good for him. You know, the mechanical changes he's made allows him, again, I'll just say this, the fourth and fifth guys are there to give their team a chance to have the big inning and win a baseball game late. And for the most part, unless he's facing a really good lineup, which we all know who those lineups are that he's faced. He'll have trouble because of the secondary pitches, but for the most part, tip your hat to him. And he's got 500 punchies in his career, which is a big deal. I mean, they did make a big deal out of it, so I'm sure it's a look like a big deal.
2: Uh, yeah. Although it kind of caught me. I did too. I, I had no I, idea. I, I, I well, no, I just I I didn't know 500 strikeouts was that big a deal. I mean, I just but anyhow, people applauded. That's good. Um, I just I know we were sitting in the press box going. People, has anybody gotten a standing ovation for
1: 500 strikeouts before? One. Hey, can I ask you a question before we go to break? I know we got we're up against it here, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Can, can you can you answer a question? I was but, just going to read the. Well, oh, read lines. it. Go ahead and read it. Okay, I was just going to read the Jays lineup. Out. Kevin Kiermaier is back in the lineup uh, after missing a couple of games with that back stiffness. So the Jays lineup: is Springer, Bachet, Guerrero, Varsho, Chapman, Merrifield, Kirk, Biggio, Kiermaier. George Springer is the DH. Kevin Biggio's in right field. Kevin is in center. Dalton is in left. Mister,
1: I understand that Bell has the belly ache. I get it. That's why he's not playing and hitting cleanup. Can you answer a question, to me? Why Dalton Varsho's hitting cleanup? I mean, are you gonna, uh, all, all I have to do nope. is tell you this: eighty-eight at bats. He's hitting a buck fifty-nine this year, slugging two seventy-three with five RBIs, hitting cleanup. well, Whoa, whoa. Against Julio Tarrant. He throws a sinker. I get it. He got an uppercut in his swing. But all you have to uh, do is read stats that say 159 slugging 273. Okay.
2: Okay. Hidden cleanup. You just mentioned it. It sounds to me like it's probably a bat path thing. Didn't you just mention that? It sounds to me like it's probably a bat path thing. No? Because we know that's one of the things that goes into this is the whole bat path thing. Didn't it work this year? Somebody hit a home run, and I remember we were talking about uh, for Biggio. the Jays, Kevin. Yeah, that's right. We're going. Well, some of us are running. No, you what, are. what the hell's he even doing in the the lineup? I don't pick on Kevin, but uh, well, no He's one's a twenty six guy. You do. I,
1: I don't I'm pick on picking him. On.
2: What you do to Nate Pearson's <laughs> picking on? <laughs> not not but, if he throws like he did last. But, time. Uh, so maybe it's a bad path thing. You are a fair weather fan. See, he, I, I stick with I stick with he, my guys. Absolutely. Through thick all you do. Oh,
1: you are no question. You know, that. no question. I just you know I find that. it odd that I, I don't just don't understand how you. That that ship keeps coming to, you know, to the docks, and you keep yeah. running out him in the friend, in the in the cleanup
2: spot. I am wearing khakis today, oh. but uh, I, I, don't, I I just I don't, don't have an understand. For you, I don't I don't. I don't understand. Have, well, were, no offense the, to him, the he's the only a, ones that were he's a, he's a clean. There were kid. the only things that were clean. That yeah, oh, like you this. mean about the lineup? Yeah, oh, like okay, this. okay. Anyhow uh ben wagner will join us from the radio booth at six o'clock we'll take a deeper dive into what alec manoa needs to do or perhaps more importantly what he doesn't do what we don't want to see him do tonight miles Naylor joins him as well i got tickets to give away after the break we're also going to talk a little oakland A's. we had a fun discussion with uh jason stark about the potential move of the a's which i mean potential likely i i don't know what word it's you use for it i do know this nobody's going out to watch the a's play their ownership isn't spending any money in the team and it sure sounds like they're going to end up in las vegas howard Stutz is a business reporter an investigative reporter with the nevada independent he's done a lot of ground uh breaking work on this and stadium financing in general he'll join us next it's blair and barker on sportsnet 590 the fan sportsnet 360 and all sportsnet channels as well sportsnet now All right, I've got a pair of tickets to give away to see the Padres and the Jays at the Rogers Center, which I'll do in a few minutes. Nice. Padres are... They're still... They still puzzle me. A lot of alpha I'm males thinking. in that room. Well, you point that... too at, many. Uh, other people pointed that out after the trade deadline last year. Mm. You know, it's like you got a lot of dudes. And you got a lot of dudes and Alpha there. males don't like each other. No, they don't. <laughs> um, well, one thing that I think is obvious is Major League Baseball and Vegas like each other. Um, see what I did there? Oh, yeah. And, uh... Probably no surprise to anybody who's followed the Oakland A's, uh, the stadium saga, which, gosh, has gone on uh, gone on for a long, long time. Good word. Uh, saga. Yes, yep. indeed. Uh, Howard Stutz is a reporter with the Nevada Independent. He's a uh, sports and business investigative journalist, and he joins us on Blair and Barker. Howard, thanks so much for joining us today. I'll get to it right away, and, and I, I mean, I'll just ask you, where are we as of today in this, uh, potential move, uh, to Vegas. Well,
4: well, thanks for having me on guys. And if you go to our website, the Nevada, Nevada there's a, we just posted a story. We saw Dave, uh, Dave, uh, Cavill, the president of the A's and John Fisher, the owner, they were in the legislative building, uh, this morning meeting with, with lawmakers following there was a hearing on the bill, where they're seeking 380 million in public money for a 1.5 billion dollar uh, uh, retractable roof dome stadium in uh, in in Las Vegas on the side of the Tropicana, and so they were the legislature. Our session ends on Monday at midnight, so they had a hearing on the bill uh, this Monday two days ago, and now they're really pushing it, and, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, it's it's there was a lot of protests from the public on the on the bill, but we think that came from a lot of people calling from outside and from from the Oakland area, from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we know, we know the AC to ballpark. We know why they're doing this. What's in it for Vegas?
4: Well, the idea of uh, putting, you know, being a, getting a major league stadium and right on the right on the strip on the side of uh, of the Tropicana Hotel, uh, the Tropicana will be demolished. It'll be it's at the south end of the strip. It's near Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play. It's near T-Mobile Arena where the um, future Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights plays. Like <laughs> nice. I got that in. Nice job. <laughs> <You> know, uh, <laughs> nice job. That's really well <laughs> but done. It's, but it, but it's right in that same area, so you have a basically like a a, a sports uh stadium district which is really good so um yeah i think i think the question's gonna be what happened you know it's the public money is the big question we just you know the state gave 750 million for the waiters through room taxes this is a different type of uh funding through property taxes and tax abatements so we're just going to see where it goes and and the legislature is going to debate about it over the weekend and i'm sure we'll come up to a vote on monday
2: Is it better? Do you think? I mean, I think probably this question probably answers itself. But I'm going to ask it anyhow because it it is, I think, part part of the issue for a lot of people here. Um, Given the fact that there is there is a time constraint here, like, is it better to? Is it better for Vegas? Does it make more sense financially for Vegas to get an established team in now as opposed to going through the whole process of? Uh, looking for an expansion team where perhaps you can have local ownership, have more time to get your ducks lined up, or is this one of those sort of, hey, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush type of thing?
4: I think that's your last point is is what it is. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights were an expansion team, uh, and you had a, a very wealthy owner in William Foley, Bill Foley, who self-funded everything, MGM Resorts, uh, built the arena, T-Mobile Arena, so that, that was different. That was the expansion. The Raiders were, were a team that needed a new stadium. Ironically, the A's are in the same stadium that the Raiders vacated, so that, mm-hmm. and that's why they want out of there. Uh, so, yeah, I think at this point it's, it's there for Vegas, and I think that's, what the, that's why there's so much interest in this right now. It's just the question of the public money, uh question how that's going to be paid. Uh, the A's put a rendering out a week or so ago, that was kind of misleading they're only going to have about a quarter of the tw- of the 36 acre site and the the rendering made it look like there's the entire site so so there's some there's some work to be done there and the pro- and the other thing is is that we're finding out now it's probably they're not going to play in that stadium in vegas if, it, if everything goes down this year they won't be playing it until 2028 so that's a you know what do the a's do in the interim you know there's That's going to be up to Major League Baseball. So there's just a lot of work out right now. And I think the piece they really need right now is just they get this financing package in place through this uh, deal um, with with the state if the state approves it. And then they move move from there, and I think that, that'll be the process. That'll that'll be the process I'll should be covering. I think for, for the rest of my gaming, I mean, for the rest of my journalism <laughs> career, it seems. <laughs>
2: Howard, I I know that uh, we're up against the clock here. You've got some work to do. I did want to ask you a one question yeah. though that has always kind of intrigued me about Vegas. I mean, I can remember. Look, I started covering sports in the 80s. I remember where the idea of Vegas getting a professional team wouldn't happen. Everybody was concerned about gambling. The you know the influence of. Legal gambling. I mean, I, I remember the you know the running rebels, UNLV running rebels, and how that thing kind of ended, and all this. Is this interest in Vegas? How much of this is you know this is this is this is a big city. It's a good TV market, but how much of it also is owes to the fact that we're just more accepting now of things like legalized legalized sports gambling, right? It seems as if it's no longer a third rail, and once it ceases to be a third rail. Why wouldn't you put a team in in a city like Vegas, regardless of what the main industry is?
4: Well, you you, you hit that right off. I mean, the, the sports betting legalized sports betting is five years in now since it's been legalized if, it's, if all the states can do it, and it's like what thirty three, thirty four states have it. Yep. All of a sudden, all these pro leagues like the like the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, they just wanted this armed hands off approach with sports betting. Now, then they realized that by partnerships with the teams with the, with the casino industry, with the game, with the sports betting operators. Oh, we can make money on us. So that, that's what changed everything. And Adam Silver was really the first uh, who, who pushed, uh, you know, for sports gambling uh, legalized it. They see what Vegas, what's, what's, what's happened with the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are brought, they're bringing the super bowl here next year at Allegiant stadium. You see what's happened with the golden Knights. I mean, majorly Rob Manfreds, he's, he since the A's are are definitely have to get out of Oakland, Rob Manfred basically said, We I'd rather put the team in Vegas. They he sees the benefit now of having a major league team, having that having that beachhead in Las Vegas. That's that's where this is and that's why that's why the that's why Major League Baseball's just like welcoming it to happen.
2: Howard, really good of you to join yep. us today. Like I said, I know it's a hectic time. Thanks so much for this. I hope it gets resolved quickly so you don't have to spend the rest of your Absolutely. life covering the stadium story. <laughs> I've done that. I've done franchise and stadium yeah. stories. And believe me, it's kind of neat for about three months. And then after a while, it's Groundhog I Day.
4: The, I cover the casino industry. I mean, that is my main beat. I've been covering the gaming industry for 30 years. And uh, now I'm, I'm adding t- uh, gaming, tourism, and sports business to my, uh, to, my to my byline. So, uh, but it's a, a fun it's a fun move. So awesome. I'm gonna have enjoying
2: it. All right, man. Thank Thanks, you. Howard. We'll get you on again. Thanks for this, my friend. Yep. Be Thank well. Thank
4: you. I really appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the interest. Thank
2: you. Howard Stutz. He's a reporter with the Nevada Independent. the terrific uh, uh, sports business and investigative reporter. I'm gonna send out a link to his story, which he's right, it's on the website right now. I could have I could have read the story. Uh, mm. but it gives you a sense of the timeline, it gives you a sense of what the A's are working against, what the local legislators are uh, are working against and you know we talked about this with Jason Stark look we this whole move there's so many things happening here um kind of it it, it's almost like a perfect storm for Vegas Mm -hmm. you know baseball has had I mean baseball has had this well just think of Pete Rose baseball has had this thing about gambling it's always had this thing about gambling, going back to the Black Sox scandal, right? There used to be, I don't know if it's still there, but they used to think every major league clubhouse, right, had the rules oh, yeah. posted, numero uno. Oh, yeah. Thou shalt not, basically thou shalt not gamble in games. That's, Absolutely. that's like, that's big the le- big first letters. one. Yep. Big letters. Yep. Um, and, of course, the NHL credit the nhl for this the nhl dipped their toes in that market first it's been a resounding success and i think what we've kind of seen now it's not just that we've we've moved away from from not understanding uh legalized gambling we've moved away from that i think we understand that you can have legalized gambling and yes indeed sports gambling there are a ton of issues with it Uh, i'm not a gambler myself but there are a ton of issues there are a ton of issues with it, but on the other hand, I also know that a lot—I know a lot of people who do it. I, I and and I'd rather have it regulated than not be regulated. But I think what we've seen now, Kevin, is people are confident enough that there are enough barriers right between that industry and the sports league that you can probably yeah. do this comfortably. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you the one thing that doesn't get mentioned enough about this is one of the reasons I think. Pro leagues have become more comfortable. Is guys are making so much money now, and this is where the issue with yeah. college athle- athletics and, and, and gambling is. Guys are making so much money right now that to think what would it take to bribe LeBron James? Yeah, you know, just uh, with, with all the money he makes. So I, I guess what I'm saying is there's this move now. Yeah, Vegas makes perfect sense, and hey. baseball's going to realign. Vegas is is it's a market you got to get into
1: yeah i- wonder you ever been to vacation on in Vegas I've been there for work about okay, been for about three days you're ready to go home, like you've had enough of that no, at least I was every time I've been there. Yeah, you know, this... I can last about three days okay. I wonder how that would be for free agents going when it does happen sounds no like income it's gonna tax. Happen. how how no how income tax I'm sure that will help. No income tax, but no. No income tax. that's a that's a lot like you're gonna have to you, you know you're gonna have to be real careful about where you live and and 'cause it's a long season with baseball right so you know the yeah, weather it, too is if you're not used to that. I know it's a it's going to be a dome stadium, which you know you're not always. It's going to be a
2: retractable roof. So stadium. you're so you're but, gonna
1: it's going to be an adjustment for baseball players. Well, here's right? the thing. First of all,
2: it would be a bigger I – big about mean, money will help. It'd Maybe I'll have bigger, to overpay, it'll but be a, it'll be a bigger adjustment for hockey players. They love it there. Hockey players live there year round, so they're they're not. I mean. You know, that's not uh, as much of an issue. It, yeah, used, it used to be that one of the things was Vegas was because the gaming industry was so huge. Vegas was it was a shift city, right? You, you shift workers mm-hmm. are shift workers going to go to sporting events. Right. But. I mean, if the money's good enough, they're going to go wherever, no, no, wherever I'm not. they're going I'm, to have I'm, to go. No, no, no. I'm Stay talking about uh, just hired. I mean, if you're working from midnight to six, you're probably not going to you're, – you're not going to be going to a game yeah. that night. So yeah. I'm, I'm talking about that. But the, the the lack of income taxes, the fact that you are right about Vegas, but there's a ton more stuff to do in Vegas right now than just go and play the one arm bandit. Sure. There's a ton of stuff you can mm, do there. Yeah. Restaurants, shows, uh, and – when I went there for the winter meetings, I was surprised. I went out, you know, I went to, out to Old Vegas, the tired old part of the city. It's cool. No, nah, I mean, there's a lot. There's so a lot about longer, city that city that I saying. like. Yeah, there's a lot nah. about that city that I like. It's been a while since I've and been I'll, there,
1: but when I was there, I was ready to go home.
2: Like, well, yeah, but you're also, three, four, you're three, also three, playing days, at a AAA ballpark. I was ready to go. You're playing at a triple A AAA ballpark, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, mean, I was a player too, but I also I was. You know, you go there for vacation, and you about three days is all you can last. Be interesting to see how it's handled, right? Yeah, and and if Oakland will get better, but it's if they move, that that'd be
2: interesting. Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah, it's just I, I, you know, Vegas is is a market that makes so much sense, and and again, it's the one thing people will criticize NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman for a lot of things, but man, he was a freaking genius getting that hockey team in there. That was a genius move. That was a genius move. Hmm. Uh, when when his when he's finished as as NHL Commissioner, when his career is over, people are going to look back and that. At that move and go that was that was really smart. Uh we've got a pair of tickets to give away to see the Jays and A's at the Rogers Centre on June 27th. We had tickets to give away yesterday. The trivia question was who was the A's manager, not general manager in 2002 and who was the actor who portrayed him in the movie Moneyball? The answer was Art Howe. The actor was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Today's question as I mentioned. Yeah, today's Question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Padres at the Rogers Center in June 27th. See, I, I know you made a mistake in the sheet here, but I put two and two together because I am I'm a reporter. I put two and two together, and I actually I just flipped the coin. Anyhow, today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Padres down at the Rogers Center in June 27th. Padres legend Tony Gwynn. Mm. Tony Gwynn, Barry Bonds, two best hitters I've seen. Padres legend Tony Gwynn hit 300 or better, and how many? And Griffey's pretty good, too. Tony sure. Gwynn, Barry Bonds, the two best hitters I've seen. Padres legend Tony Gwynn hit 300 or better in how many of his 20 MLB seasons? Again, Padres legend Tony Gwynn hit 300 or better in how many of his 20 MLB seasons? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot Where, to win. <sighs> when you found at sportsnet.ca slash 590. When you found yes.
1: out the answer to that question, were you shocked? I was a little. Uh, I know he's a great hitter, but that's crazy.
2: Yeah. I was like that's I, crazy. I was shocked. I was too. I, I mean, didn't I guess figured, that number. I figured there was a. I figured Me many. too. Like we're not going to go anymore. Yeah, going too. Gonna give it away. But I was as much as I love Tony Gwynn. He's oh, one of my great. favorite. He was one of my favorite players to watch. Mm-hmm. He was in the top ten in terms of he's dudes. A little
1: old, tiny bed. Dudes too.
2: to deal with. Uh, tiny hands. Oh, dude. just a little bed. Uh, and and Whew. one of the top ten dudes to deal with all time for visiting writers. That oh, nice. That uh, that number. That number blew me away. So, again, text the answer to 590-590 if you shot to win. Uh, see rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I think we've got time for the back leg line. The number is 416-413-3959. Let's do it. Why is Boffo so excited? Yeah, he's, he's got bumped. his thumb up. He's pumped. He's, he's been middle of the week. He's been kind of a, yeah. odd today. Hanging out with you. That's It'd odd be, to cure. That, uh, the back leg line, it's your opportunity to ask questions. Leave comments for Kevin Barker um and and he'll and answer Jeff? he'll answer the question and then i'll correct it john in venice florida <laughs> hey john
5: first off uh to uh mr barker uh kevin uh as a former scout i love seeing how you're uh not going the way of the khakis and uh mm-hmm. and using pen and paper for uh all of your notes but it. uh the one thing i got for uh for both of you gentlemen is uh when uh when springer doesn't lead off do you think it's uh would be better putting uh, Maryfield in the leadoff spot just for that one day, uh, and then uh, keep everybody else uh, kind of the same, so both stays in the same spot. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, love your program. Take care. That's Thanks, great. John. That's yeah. a
1: great, that's a great question. I, I like.
2: I, I would go with that.
1: I, I. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on how Witt's doing. Like you, he'd have to be on a hater, right? Like a like you'd have to you'd have to sell it.
2: Can I throw this at you? What about? If depending on whether or not it's a lefty righty, what about going with Kiermaier or or Witt leading? See, off?
1: I see. I like the I, you know they've they've put Varsho in the two hole before. Didn't last very long. No, but I do like them putting Bo in the leadoff spot, putting somebody in the two hole, leaving Vladdy in the three hole. It's sort of like security blanket. Like you're you're trying not to disrupt what they're doing off the field. You just don't want your best players to have to walk to the lineup card and go, Ah, oh, really. I'm hitting there like it's just a weird time. You put your batting gloves on. I know you roll your eyes. No, the, I'm not. But, no, no, but no, no. not I'm, you, I'm, I'm but I'm people that are listening, you know why? You roll your eyes about just uh, moving up a spot. I, I would almost like to see it. When Springer is not playing, Bo leading off. I just think what he does offensively. He doesn't mind getting jammed, hitting a single to right. I like it. It, it, it like, is. I just
2: like it. But it's an. It, it, I like it. It's an interesting thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you could put somebody in thought. the two hole and leave Vladdy in see, the three hole.
2: I, I would be fascinated to see. I would be fascinated to see Kiermaier in the two hole. Or 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 Merrifield in the two. You know where I'm going with this because you know where I want Bichette to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I I don't think there's anything
1: wrong with that because it is about who you want your when Springer's not playing you want your three best hitters up in the first inning oh you're right because you're trying to punch right. first so you're pl- trying to play the hot hand if Kiermar comes back and goes seven for seven and Springer has a day off why not
2: uh, what do you got to live for again uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is a, is in the lineup tonight are you surprised at how good he's been offensively this year a little or, are you surprised at how much he has been able to contribute offensively. That's yeah, a bigger I, way, to no, so. I, way to put I,
1: it. No, I don't think so. I think he has a quick enough bet that just because he, again, I keep, I keep rem- remembering that that whenever I was watching the MLB network and, and they were showing the, the fences in the infield in Tampa right. and we'll everybody for this. the Rays were trying to hit the ball over the nets and he was one of them. I think that's basically – you've been around long enough to know if I drive down and through it instead of trying to uppercut all the time, I'm not a home run hitter. And, by the way, Jeff, he wants one more deal. He ain't going to get one more deal trying to hit homers. No. Nope. So, not really. No, I'm not surprised about that. Use your speed. Your biggest asset is the two things you run on or with. Use those. Try and go a little line to line. On a line drive, you do that, you help a team, you pass the baton. You've got to buy into it. He's balled into it quick. He's shown up. He has good at bats, quality at bats. He doesn't try and do too much. He's not supposed to hit 15 or 20 home runs on this team.
2: 7 7 will be the first pitch tonight. Alec Manoa will be on the mound for the Blue Jays, Leo Terran for the Milwaukee Brewers. What should we expect from Alec Manoa tonight? What do we need to see from Alec Manoa tonight if my dream of a sweep of the Brewers is to uh, come... Ben Ben Wagner is our Blue Jays radio voice on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan. He'll join us next from the ballpark. Miles Naylor as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan, Sportsnet three sixty Sportsnet, and uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We need a breaking news siren or something here, huh? Maybe not. Maybe not. Shout out to E Rock on Twitter says, "Hey, dumbass, the Jays." Well, he didn't say that. That's He mm. says the Jays play the Giants on the twenty seventh. Oh, I huh. said Padres when I gave out the trivia question. Now, should I? Should I man up and take responsibility for this, or should I throw somebody else under the bus? Right under it. Do it.
3: Beep, beep, beep,
1: beep,
2: beep, 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 beep. He's going to own it today. All right. Yeah. It is the Giants, and it is the fault... It's nobody's fault. It no. just happened. Our, our, we're a team. No, we are a team. Yeah, Damn it. Yeah. We're a yeah, team. Yeah, we're you know, and, it, and it, as it as is the, the it is the error of the good teammate. And and as the guy who's okay. got his name up How there, did you first, win without being a good teammate? As the guy whose name is up there first, I'm going to be honest with people. <laughs> Barker screwed it up. <laughs> I'll take and it. I'll no.
1: take it. I'm bigger uh, than you,
2: so I, I can take it. All it's said in the sheet of paper was sin. So it could be San Diego or San Francisco. Either way, you're going to go see if you get the answer to the trivia question right. You're going to go see the Jays play a California team, mm. nationally California team. But anyhow, there you go, Boffo. I covered your.
1: <laughs> and he said your name.
2: Oh, I did. You did. I did. Covered his butt. Anyhow, we're okay. We're okay. Seven oh seven is the first pitch. The Jays are en route to sweeping the Milwaukee Brewers in this three game well, series. Let's and they be should be honest. They got uh, the Cy Young finalist from last year going, Alec Manoa, against Julio Toran. Don't be mean. I'm not. I'm I'm saying I this listen. You talked working about Working on five full days' rest. Working on, and I'm sure we'll he's. We'll see had, if that helps. And he's had great side Two sessions, of I'm, them, told, I'm sure he's had. Terrific side sessions. Yeah. He is the side young winner uh, in Major League Baseball so far this year. Uh, ben Wagner is the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He's in the broadcast booth going, Why did I agree to do this? <laughs> oh, my
3: God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys get punchy the later you're on. Well, that's not No, it's, it's been been a, been one of the, no, it's been one it those days.
2: Our, our producer, Mark Boffel, screwed been, up. Buffalo's been out of control all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. Well, that's crazy. I don't know what he did this afternoon or last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm a little. We're just we're we're just on guard a little bit here. Mm. We're on guard. I didn't even a little
3: hear the squelch of the tires from the truck that just ran him over.
2: Jeff will do that to people.
3: Man, oh man, does that
1: uh, to me on, all man. the time, all the time.
3: You know what they say: there is no I in team, but there
2: is an enemy. I'm going to
1: I'm going e. to ask the first question. I normally don't do this. Should Nate Pearson be the closer of
3: the uh, Toronto Blue Jays? Get
2: off the Nate Pearson huh? thing. That's my first uh, question. God.
3: No, he's not <laughs> going to be the closer of the Toronto Blue Jays, but I certainly <laughs> think the level that he is being elevated into higher and higher leverage situations certainly could make him a very valuable piece of the Toronto Blue Jays back into the bullpen.
1: What, what, if, what if the manager, when I ask the question, starts with the right part of the order, dot, dot, dot? Why does he still say that with Nate Pearson? Or the right
3: day the right day sometimes with Nate Pearson too, right? I think that, is there a potential for Nate Pearson to emerge as a closer in this role at some Mm -hmm. point? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I get the sense that they love where his fastball is right now. wouldn't The emergence of the curveball continues to be a huge weapon for him, and his slider the last couple of times out has been electric. Electric stuff. The stuff that we have been waiting on for Nate Pearson now for three years.
2: Uh, Alec Manoa gets a start uh, for the Jays tonight. His last outing was... Uh, oh, I can't it's not even on my sheet. Bafo! Tampa Bay. The last Tampa outing's Bay. not in the sheet. Tampa it's cut Bay, off. the 25th. Yeah. Anyhow, Tampa Bay, the 25th. Yep. Uh, look, we've seen signs this year that... Uh, and Mr. Barker's pointed this out. There have been games where you've watched him. You've gone, okay, it seems to be a little more mechanically... A little, mo- little sure. sounder. it's not mechanical the, anymore. The slider at times has looked... It's it's looked effective. It's kind of played up a bit to where it was last year. What do you, I mean, I'm not going to ask you what you expect from Alec Manoa tonight, but what do you think the Jays, what do you think the Jays think they have right
3: now in Alec Manoa Ben. The last couple of days, I got an overwhelming sense that they were really disappointed in his outing at Tampa Bay Mm. because they thought mechanically they had gotten to a point with the work that was going on behind the scenes, the work that they had seen uh, in between starts and then the evolution of trying to get it all synced up out on the mound, that that Tampa Bay start should have been another positive step, and it wasn't. And today even, you heard a little bit of a different tone from manager John Schneider about where he thought Alec Manoa is. And it was a shift in, hey, we like what we've seen in dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. Whether it's flat ground, whether it's side sessions, whether it's bullpen, it was more of a mental statement from the Blue Jays skipper today about where they want Alec Manoa to be. And that is to harness the fact that they know he can go out there and compete. And if you harken back to where we've been on a couple of pitchers in the last two or three years, where Robbie Ray probably takes the cake. And where they came up with the strike box, and they had all the T-shirts mm-hmm. that had the 17 on it, mm-hmm. and they said, "Throw it within this box. Let your stuff play." They feel that the fastball has enough deception that he can get away with the 94, 93 mile an hour fastball. They feel that the changeup is still good, and he's going to get a handful of left-handed hitters right. in this Milwaukee Brewers lineup today. Changeup can be effective, and of course, the slider. Right, the slider is a is a weapon for Alec Manoa. It all works. But stop nibbling around, stop being passive, be more aggressive. And that is the overarching theme that I've heard at the ballpark the last couple of days from coaches and people that I'm talking to, is they felt that Alec was giving too much credit to his opponent mm. and trying to set them up versus attacking. And that was, the, that was the step backward. With everything that had been moving forward in the first two months of the regular season with Alec Manoa to get him on track, uh, I got a sense of disappointment, and now, the messaging is: Hey, you know what? Get your stuff together. Go out there and look like the guy that we've seen for the last two years. Le- this isn't a flash in the pan call up, you know. That had four or five good starts out yeah. of AAA. Mm-hmm. This this body of work is real. It's legit.
1: I, I don't want to ask you: uh, uh, Should he work quicker? I want to ask you: Do you think he's physically capable of working quicker with conditioning, arm strength? Uh, a mental capacity to just right if it doesn't go right you get it back on track and you throw it where you want it to throw it. Is he capable
2: of doing that great question because it's it's get, we we're get we're into hot weather now no right? question
3: yeah yeah right and I don't know that we have the the hot weather and the kind of the laboring elements around Alec Manoa yet uh, by all accounts by all accounts uh, is he a horse absolutely do they challenge the conditioning absolutely not uh, is he a is he in the realm with the pitch clock, with the syncing up? He was asking, well, John Schneider was asked before the ballgame today, not Alec Manola, but John Schneider was asked about the pitch clock again, and he kind of flicked it aside. Like, maybe once the regular season got here and every pitcher had to go through the maturation with the pitch clock, he kind of denounced it and and has denounced it now for three or four weeks that the pitch clock is just not the thing and i thought the rhythm with alec with danny jansen behind the plate was a lot better no question was was a lot better i think that's that's where my analysis when it comes to rhythm with the pitcher and the catcher syncing up and establishing something and whether that's syncing up the pitch calls, the presentation of the glove, making sure the catcher is set in a certain way by a certain time. I thought that that was a significant step forward for Alec in the way that Jano presented himself behind the plate. I would have, and it's unfortunate, right? Danny Jansen goes out, then he gets hurt. So we haven't had that compare and contrast yet, and is going to have to be back there for the foreseeable future. And um, And that's, to me... That, to me, told me that Alec has the ability to have a better rhythm on the mound.
1: Okay, I want to be nice uh, when I'm asking this question, (laughs) so I'm I'm going to try and work through this. With where the Blue Jays are at in the standings, why does Dalton Varsho continue to hit cleanup sometimes? Sometimes, for me, should not be any time. Ben, it doesn't take a smart guy to walk up to you and go, Dalton Varsho's hitting one fifty nine with five RBIs, slugging two seventy-three, hitting cleanup on the season. That they, they they need their best hitters up front. He seems I don't know about you, you're closer on an everyday basis than I am to the field. And you see him. He looks more comfortable hitting at the bottom of the order than he does at the top of the order. Why did they continue to roll him up and hit him clean up sometimes?
3: I will tell you why it doesn't have to thing to do at the beginning of the game. They analysis they take analysis on who could come out of the bullpen later on wow. in the ball games as well, and could that then affect who Matt Chapman and Whit Merrifield could also have to face? Wow, there's the science behind it. If you're looking at how your lineup is in the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth, how are those projections factoring into it? I could win the game in the first six innings. And, and, you certainly could, yeah. and and that's that's the follow up question. Well, you know when we make a lot of emphasis in keeping Springer, Bouchette, and Vladimir Guerrero Junior. one, two, three, and what the kind of pop that they have. Why would you why would you give what sometimes appears to and when things are going well, you know he can always run into one, but mm-hmm. they are sometimes empty at bats, Absolutely. empty at bats against who the Blue Jays are facing on a given night. So why put yourself in the hole not once, but in most cases two times? before that even factors in
2: you know ben uh barker ma- made an interesting point earlier today about uh we talked about wilton guerrero being in town and i don't know if he was around the batting cage tonight but you know we talked about the i mean there were the camera shots of john schneider to him, mm-hmm. of course we saw bow in the dugout I- i've got to think they were talking talking hitting at some point and and kevin kind of mentioned you know i mean if you're guillermo martinez the the jays i've lived it the jays i been hitting hitting something like yeah, that yeah he's yeah, you know, you're I mean, I guess you just kind of stand back. There's not much you can do. This is one of your 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 franchise. This is one of your franchise players. How has that
3: been viewed throughout the organization? And, and is, was Wilton there today? He was at the batting cage today. And I can tell you chatting with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and yesterday chatting with Guillermo Martinez and a couple of the other coaches again today, it's been embraced, to be honest with you. And it can go very quickly the opposite way if you know a player has too many voices around him trying to change what's going on. And this this is a very important player to the entire franchise in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, Wilton was scheduled to make this trip in here later on and during the next homestand, actually, And Vladdy said, you know what, I'd really like to get my guy in here because it's the language that we speak to each other where he can get through to me in a certain way. Uh, Guillermo Martinez specifically is all in in having Wilton connected to Vladdy and kind of the messaging. They swapped texts back and forth a lot of times during the regular season. This past offseason, again, Guillermo actually went to the Dominican Republic, and I asked Vladimir Guerrero Jr. how that goes. They come up with everything. It's about a plan. It's about approaches where they've seen everything, how and how he's being attacked, maybe uh, a nuance here or there that Vladdy can specifically work on. All that stuff is on the table and it's laid out from a blue jay perspective because the rep is Guillermo Martinez. And then the the trusted councilman, if you will, is, is Wilton. And Wilton has a has a way of getting through to Vladdy. And maybe it's simplistic in the way that they have a conversation, whether it's mechanical, whether it's timing. And the best example was from yesterday, it's with that load that Vladdy has. And you know, Wilton said, instead of being one, two. one goes back and then twos the explosion forward. Vlad's now at a one-two. Mm. And they're trying, to, they're trying to just slow down everything for Vladdy and, and not have him out in front so much.
1: Uh, Matt Chapman's uh, slugging last 15 games a little over 300. Do you, do you think they think there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's real soon?
3: I actually had a conversation with Don Mattingly on the field today, guys. And I asked Don... What do you guys see from spring training through a scorching hot April to where he has been the last three or four weeks? How different is it? And Don said it's not that different. It's more about Matt was worried when he was going to start getting pitched differently. So he tried to, he tried to limit the amount of pitches uh, in his at-bats, limit how much he would be attacked. And he said he needs to work on getting to the miss and that's a little bit more patience when he's out there they're happy with his with his at bats where where he is mechanically but he needs to just let a ball get a little bit deeper and then when it's time to attack and you get that miss you can't miss it and right now Matt has missed those pitches to attack whether it's early or late when he's up there really battling and he has not let the fastball get as deep as what he had at the beginning of the year so you know Honestly, I didn't sense would they love to have April translate to May and then roll them into June? Certainly. But there's not a lot of panic because Matt understands where he is, and he was one of the guys out doing a lot of early work, and who was next to the cage? But Don Mattingly, Wilton was also there. Guillermo Martinez was there. So a lot of people are invested, and and certainly Matt Chapman is invested, and he was the guy doing most of the talking out here. So. Chatting with Don right after all that went down on the field of play today gave us pretty good insight of where things are headed with Matt, and they're right there on the cusp with him.
1: Because Kirk's playing more, do you see a difference mechanically?
3: Yeah, I know he's working on a lot of things mechanically, too, at the plate right now. Um, I think the actual reps right now are a good thing for Alejandro, yeah. where he can try to get that bat leveled out, drive the baseball a little bit more. And, and bottom line, he's got to keep it off the ground. But, I mean, that is, mm. that is a glaring difference from where he is in production for the Blue Jays from last year to this year. He's just pounded it right into the ground. He's out in front way too much, and he to keep his weight back a little bit more. I, I hope it holds up. You know, you don't want the body to start to wither and mm. then the breakdown on the lower half because he's working so much. You know, he's going to he's made four straight starts. He's appeared in six straight games, I think, for the Blue Jays at this point, And they're going to need him because they have this long run of ball games where he's going to have to he's going to have to catch before Danny Jansen gets back.
2: Uh, ben we were talking a little bit last night, you guys you, you and and the other Ben uh, not the other Ben i don 't mean that you and Ben Nicholson Smith were talking about Mitch White and uh, he is he is starting a AAA tomorrow I believe what are, what are the I mean look we 've been down this road with Mitch White all year pretty much, but what are the Jays saying about where he may profile uh, for them in the immediate in the immediate future or
3: maybe even the midterm? No, i think it's i think it's midterm midterm okay. I, I don't think there's any rush okay i don't think there's any rush they have multiple inning coverage with trevor richards they've gotten multiple inning and very good coverage with nate pearson out of the bullpen and if you get if you get depth in the starting pitching certainly even though they would love to have somebody out here to give guys a breather and mix in an extra day for alec mandoa and kevin gosman they just don't have it right now and they're going to need to see some serious results from Mitch White at Triple-A. Because right now, the guys that should be the insurance policies aren't performing at a level to necessitate a promotion. And if they were pushing the envelope, what well, probably would have seen it already with a roster move of some right. sort with Alec Manoa's struggles. But there just aren't answers right now in the upper levels of the minor leagues. And Mitch White, to be honest, just isn't a guy that you're going to rely on to be somewhat of a savior. Right. And and also, he's going to start tomorrow's Thursday, right? Yes, yes, yes. Tomorrow is Thursday. He's going to make a start at AAA. The next outing that they have him lined up will be in a bulk roll to come out of a bullpen. So, you know, it's not even like right. there's any rush here. They're kind of working him back in here to this bulk role slash starter, this hybrid role that the Blue Jays have gone to with a lot of their guys over the last two years.
2: Ben, we're going to let you run. Stuff, Thanks for buddy. doing this, man. Good stuff as always. Yep. We'll see Thank you down at the park.
3: Way to go. You got it.
2: Ben Wagner, radio voice of the Blue Jays. And uh, <laughs> 707 is the first pitch tonight. I, that, that Matt Chapman stuff, I caught your eye.
1: I look, this, so, this, this is the first time you can look at old Kevo. And I got no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> okay. I, I, I've, never, I've never heard. Now I know why. Every time he gets out, he's going over flipping that thing. Who he's sitting beside? I get why it's lasted a month. Well, he's sitting beside Hudgens most of the time. I get, I, I get why it's it's a that's a month long. Like I, that, that is like what?
2: What? Like I just. Uh. It's
5: Don now here's, man. here's, the, here's the here's the deal. baseball. Here's
1: the deal. How do you not be late anymore? Say that you've been late for a month.
2: How do you not be late anymore? And now telling a guy to let the fastball travel more. I
1: I don't. I it's it's when it's when he starts his lower half. It's like Vladdy, and I've said this to you. Whenever you see pitchers, will hold the ball and they'll make Vladdy stand there, and he'll stand there, and then they'll throw it, and then the next time they'll they'll hold it for a half a second, and they'll throw it. It's like they're trying to get him in between to throw off when he starts it. Matt's the same way with that toe tap thing. That's what I said. You don't have to eliminate it, but this is a giant sample size. Your team giantly needs you to say that there's not there shouldn't be panic. I mean, he's hitting two hundred in the last thirty games. Like he struck out like almost five, almost close to forty times. In in, thir- in thirty games like that, that's a lot. Like now, it's time you 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 throw out all that stuff about letting travel and what whatever whatever Ben told us, and figure out how you can use you can connect your lower half to your upper half to be able to have your eyes direct the barrel to the baseball. You don't like the ball up and in. You don't like the ball down and away. Try not to swing at those two pitches. Everything else. You can do damage on if your lower half is connected to your upper half because now your barrel will do the things it's supposed to do because your lower half is in line and allows you to be balanced, athletic, quick, and to have the little whip and the finish, the two-hand finish that he always wants. That, for me, is what they're way overthinking that. Hitting a baseball, in my mind, is the hardest thing to do in sports. And when you start talking about it the way they're talking, holy, like I'd I, i be like if I was Matt, maybe Matt loves that. Maybe he loves having conversations like that. But for me, I'm thinking, dude, get your foot down on time. Get the barrel out in front. Change your eyes. Think about an imaginary plate in front of the original one. I want to make contact out there balanced with length. Can I do it the way I'm doing it because my lower half is not on time? Well, the answer to that, because your stats are bad for an entire month, is no. I correct my lower half. Everything else will take care of itself. Because most of the time, he swings at good pitches.
2: So I'll mark Barker down as undecided as
1: to. When you were listening
2: to that, you looked at me. I was like... Because yeah, I'm going, I got nothing for it. I, I got, I got that face I <laughs> seldom <laughs> get from Barker. When I saw that, I thought, "Oh, baby, we in trouble." Yeah, because they need him. It's like Vladdy, right? They, no, they need I thought him we're in rake. trouble because if Barker doesn't get it, I'm sure not.
1: I, sure. I guess, I guess if you if you
2: listen long enough, you'll hear something you've never heard before. Uh, the MLB draft is next month, and um, there is a chance that the Naylor family of Mississauga could be part of something we've we've only seen once before in baseball history of course if you know the Naylor family you've had their we have had Josh Naylor on uh before and Bo Naylor uh, Bo was uh drafted 29th by the Cleveland Guardians Josh was drafted 12th by the Miami Marlins and traded. He was drafted in 2015. So both of them were drafted in the first round. Josh Josh in 2015 and Bo in... Um, what am I looking at here? Uh, and, and, and Bo was drafted after, after that. So Miles Naylor uh, has a chance to go in the first round of this year's draft. Of the three of them, it's... He's probably the longest shot. Although, again, in the baseball draft, a lot of times it has to do with your, you know, where you've committed to. He's committed to Texas Tech. Where you've committed to, and I mean, it's not just simply. There's so much that goes into the baseball draft that no you can be picked in the first round because there are financial considerations. Hell, you can make a ton of money not being picked until the fifth round if that's the way the you know your organization views you. Anyhow, only one family has had three kids chosen in the first round of different drafts. The Drew family had Steven Drew, J.D. Drew, and Tim Drew. They were all first-round picks at different years. Miles Naylor has a chance to have that happen this year, and he would join Josh Naylor, and he would join Bo Naylor. And just think about this. Three Canadian kids, same family, drafted in the first round, possibly drafted in the first round as baseball players. It's a great story. Mm -hmm. Um, wherever Miles Naylor gets taken everybody thinks he's going to be a major leaguer at some point like I said they're kind of Canadian baseball's version of the Sutter family Miles Naylor you're going to hear a lot from him mm-hmm. in the years to come and you're going to hear from him next it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 the fans Sportsnet 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast <laughs> Your uh, hourly reminder that the back leg line is 416-413-3959. Yes. I just pulled this thing out of here. Just pulled my ear plug out here. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. We, uh, we go to it throughout the show. It's your chance to talk to Kevin yeah. Barker. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Leave your name and location. Absolutely. We we do get a kick out of out of folks. We had John from Venice, Florida. We had dudes from New Zealand and Australia That's awesome. call us. we love Japan. it. Um we will get Wherever you on. you're wherever you're listening to us, and we yeah. are available on podcast uh, and the podcast goes up generally just after the game. So actually or after we're done. So actually if you're at the Jays game, you can listen to our podcast. Yep. And then when the game's over, you can listen to Barker and myself and Blue Jays talk. Mm. Weekday nights, and uh, that will be the case tonight. And what are we? We're at 7.07 oh seven. First pitch tonight. Jays, Milwaukee Brewers. It's getting close. Oh, getting close. Gotta win.
1: You got to win game
2: two to sweep. Absolutely. And uh, I'm predicting the sweep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the way you. I was. just.
1: I. I. I, I even in, in, during the break got on my phone and tried to figure out what Ben told us about Matt
2: Chapman. Anyhow. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll find out. Well, uh, we've been lucky in this show to uh, have a pretty good relationship with the folks at the Canadian at, 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 at Canada Baseball and the National Junior Team. And it's been great because, uh, well, the great stories. It is the future of the game. Uh, and uh, it, it's also meant basically talking to a nailer a fair amount of time i mean i almost think we should just we should probably just set up a phone line for the (laughs) Naylor family yeah uh we've been lucky to have uh, we've been lucky to have josh on he was a 2015 Mm -hmm. first round pick of the miami marlins now with the cleveland guardians we've had Bo on he was a 2018 pick uh of the cleveland guardians and uh well today we're going to complete the trifecta and uh welcome miles Naylor on the show miles is considered the uh, top draft eligible Canadian player, Canadian high school player. Miles, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. We appreciate it. Listen, we had uh, Kevin was drafted by the Brewers oh so long ago, and oh. he was telling yeah. me stories about the week leading up to it. And, yeah. and now I know we're more than a week away. We're about a month away. But I'm, I'm just wondering if Josh. Or Bo have kind of been able to give you hints about how you handle the build up to this day.
0: Yeah, of course. They just usually tell me just take it day by day, not to not to count on the days, not to look at the clock, how many days are left, but just to go day by day and try to get better and just yeah, just kinda of take it all in and soak it on in your last high school games, your last high school experiences and yeah, just take it day by day as I said and just don't try to think about it too much.
2: Hey, have you noticed though, people paying more attention to you over the past year or so, or maybe oh, even yeah. before? Then it's been obvious. Yeah. Hey, obviously. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, Miles, <laughs> give me give me a scouting report of you. Like if if
1: somebody doesn't know how you play, tell us about you.
0: Uh, I say um, Miles Naylor is a plus plus hitter. Um, lots of pop um good defensively quick hands good feet um a really good arm across the infield and a player can change the game with one swing um I, i'd say underrated speed on the bases and so the player likes to go out there and play hard and win for his team and just be a good teammate and big role model and big leader
2: what caused you to bat right handed did you just look at your brothers and go ah <laughs> <laughs> i need to I do something
0: I, different i don't know i guess i guess I don't know how I got the righty gene, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
2: What, uh, what's been the best part of this experience as we move closer to, to the draft? You know, you've taken part in a, in, in, in a ton like the area code games, all those things. Of course, you've been with the Canadian team. What's kind of been the coolest? What's the coolest part of all this? Because we hear – that there's a lot of pressure. And, you know, you mentioned you've got to remind yourself, focus on the task mm-hmm. in front of you and all that. But what's been kind of the coolest thing about it for you, whether it's a moment or someone you met or just an experience you've had?
0: I'd say all of the above, again. I think meeting all the people like around the world and around the United States playing in the best competition, um, having that competitive um, atmosphere at all the tournaments you go to and, as you said, playing for the Junior National Team, playing in the World Championships, that was obviously a great opportunity and one probably some of the best Moments the most fun I've had on the field, but I say probably just the process of all of it and just going through it all and yeah, meeting a lot of new people along the way.
1: Well, what's the conversation like with your brothers in season? Are you do you watch them? Do you critique? Are you calling, saying, "Do this better," <laughs> "Do that"? Why are you doing this? We worked mm-hmm. on this in the off season. What's yeah. the conversations like?
0: Um. Well, yeah, I try to watch as many games as I can when I'm not playing, but um, usually the conversations are. Either of us have a bad game or something doesn't feel right. We'll text each other, call each other, and go over it on like a Facetime call, and try to figure out what we're doing wrong and how we're going to be better from it. And how we're doing, of course, we're all we're all brothers, we're all close. So obviously, just um, relying on each other and feeling free to talk to each other about whatever.
4: What uh,
2: as part of the Canadian the the national junior program, and you know, given all the success that that program has had. What do you think it is that explains why Greg Hamilton and the coaching staff and that whole program is just, is, is so successful because it, I mean, the, uh, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, they they really do.
0: Yeah, of course. I think it's the pro competition that we face on a daily basis on these trips and the experience that we get. Cause you know, I think like some of the Canadian guys have an edge over some of the American guys cause we get to face that pro pitching on a daily basis and, Kind of face that next level of play, and since that's where you're going to be playing at um after the draft, or eventually when you get to pro ball, um, I think that part really sets a difference in the skill set and the mindset of some of the players from Canada.
2: And the other thing it does too. I mean, you're
0: using a wood bat a lot.
2: How yeah. how 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 oh, yeah. how, how different? Uh, someone who's what? You're 18 years old now, so you you've you know you've spent a lot of time with both bats. I'm just wondering. What is the difference between wood and and the and, aluminum and, and the aluminum bat for you?
0: Um, I say with the aluminum bat for sure, there's more room for error. You know, you get off the end of the bat and still hit a home run. Um, with the wood bat, it obviously breaks. So I think you have to have a nice swing, good barrel control, and that will is definitely a different skill set for sure.
1: Miles, you're awfully young for me to be asking you about adjustments and and things you're working on. But is there one? thing that you think, okay, if I do this a little bit better, you know, maybe they'll like me a little bit more. I mean, that's that's you're a little young to be asking that, but you know, you're you're trying to be almost perfect. I was, when I was about to be drafted, I wanted to be that perfect player. Is there something in your game that you're working on to be a little bit better?
0: Um, I say obviously if working on all parts of the game, never let something lack more than the other, but I'd say probably um trying to hit more off speed for like either like home runs or extra base hits, you know, I can hit an off-speed pitch, but sometimes I take it too much or I roll over a pop-up, so I'm just trying to keep it consistent and have a good approach to hit the off-speed like I can hit the fastball.
2: Wow. Having having a couple of brothers who are one in the majors, one, you know, I mean, very close to the majors, and, I mean, they're both going to be in the majors together very soon. They were in in, in the postseason last year, and that's, that's obviously – Uh, going to happen what is it about you guys that prevents it from being you know from being a burden on you because you are you know you are the youngest of the three and I'm sure that when people scout you or talk to you they're going oh that's the guy yeah he's got two brothers who are you know who are are major leaguers who are going to be major leaguers how have you guys avoided that or how have you avoided and how have your brothers avoided that being something that puts too much pressure on you, or maybe it's your family, maybe it's your parents that, that, mm-hmm. that have, have a lot to do with that.
0: Um, I think, yeah, it's mainly obviously we have great um resources around us, you know, our family and um, our coaches always remind us be yourself, you're not your brothers, and you can't don't compare yourself to your brothers because we're all different players, we all have different skill sets, and um, yeah, we're not the same at the end of the day. And honestly, just kind of, yeah, constant reminders that I'm Miles Naylor, I'm not Josh Naylor, I'm not Noah Naylor. Um, But just be myself and just to play my game and make my name for myself and try not to put too much pressure on myself because I do have two very successful brothers that have done big things in baseball and yeah just not to try to let let it get to my head or let people make comparisons and me think about the comparisons a lot.
1: Uh, Other than your brothers, do you have a favorite player in baseball?
0: I think my two guys that I watch mainly are Ronald Acuna Jr. and Francisco Lindor.
2: Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty good players. Pretty good players to watch. Miles, listen. We really appreciate your time. We yeah. wish you the very best of luck. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, have draft. fun, Miles. If you go to Texas Tech, whatever the future holds for you, man, yeah. be well
0: and uh, stay healthy. I appreciate you guys a lot. Yeah. Thank you for
2: having me. Thanks a me. lot. Take care. It's Miles Naylor. that be just think about that. How cool that'd be to have three. I mean, oh, I'll, tell really you, cool. I'll tell you what. It's a lot you, of pressure. You know who's it's happy pressure. about this? You know who's happy about this? Is uh, the folks at Baseball Canada looking the world, maybe hmm. World Baseball Classic, <laughs> and they're probably going. Thank God that somebody in the Naylor family said <laughs> bat right-handed, because now <laughs> yeah. you can go <laughs> yeah. lefty Naylor, righty Naylor, lefty lo- Naylor. I love know? it that he's
1: thinking about hitting breaking balls for homers. I love Lord but that that's big league stuff. Well, that's I mean, he's also a, yeah. you could say he's a kid. I mean that's big league stuff for him thinking about just. You know, very specific thing about it. offensively going up and thinking about. I got to catch that thing out front. Create a little backspin of eight the bottom part of that
2: baseball. And the reason that's pretty cool. The reason I asked about the wood bat is because one of the things the Canadian junior program does when those kids when they go down to uh, to play in the Dominican Republic, um, they use wood bats in their games. In high school games, aluminum bats are used. Yeah, yeah. Uh, college two. college too. Oh, yeah. And then I guess in the summer leagues, you go to, you go to a wooden bat league, yeah. right? Uh, depends the league. You went through this. Yeah. What's it w- the difference? Uh, it's heavier. I mean, and the, and yeah, the, that, and the
1: sweet spot smaller miles was right. It's heavier. Obviously you can't sort of let the ball travel as much, especially now with velocity, right? That would be a little bit more of a shock. When I was first starting to use wood bats, there was dudes that threw 88. There was, there was guys right. that, you know, you, you saw fastballs at 88, 89, 90. You don't see that anymore. So I, I would think that's a little bit more of a shock when the first time you use a, a wooden bat, you know, and you swing at a pitch that you used to hammer with aluminum and that same pitch is either jamming you, you're breaking your bat, or you're not hitting it as hard as you'd like to hit it. That's, that's, a, that's sort of a big kind of difference. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, look, these, they, they just seem so grown up now. Like listen to Miles talk. Like mm-hmm. it's just like they're they they've been through everything. You know, it's not a surprise of what what's going to happen to them down the road. They're prepared for everything. And I'm assuming the wooden bat thing is not a, as a yeah. big a deal as it used to be.
2: No, that that is one of the beauties of uh, it the, is. Of, of that ca- the Canadian program and Greg Hamilton is, you know, like again, these guys they're playing teams in the Dominican League. They're sure. playing dominican prospects they're playing prospects in florida so they're playing spring training games and of course then you get into the international the international competitions Mm -hmm. uh as well but um and i i did mention that uh that uh uh, hmm. Miles has committed to, tex- I, to Texas. I Cavs
1: like well. how you said, plus, plus hitter. <laughs> I love it, man. And, you got like, what? You got to walk it. Well, if you're going to talk it, you got to I love it. That's and, awesome.
2: You know, Good for him. We've talked to both of the Naylor <laughs> kids. and uh, Yeah, they're, they're confident. Well, they, they are they they confident. They
1: don't lack in that, which is cool. No. Which if you is, don't believe nobody else is going to believe. No. I, how about
2: that? It's great. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's absolutely. Pretty cool. It's absolutely great. It uh, is. And, uh, you know, as I said, I mean, you know, Perfect world. What if the Guardians were to like have all three of them? Uh, why not? Yeah. That'd be a good thing or a bad thing? That's a great question. That is that, I am not sure that'd be great for Miles. Because he's younger. Am, yeah. And uh, what's the up age to. difference? Uh John uh John. Josh is drafted in twenty fifteen by the Marlins. Bo was drafted in twenty eighteen by the Guardians, Miles is drafted would would be drafted in twenty twenty three. So well, the three years difference, three, five years difference between him and both.
1: It's a lot to live up to. Yeah. And, and it would be sort of like you want to move out and go off on your own kind of thing, right? Yeah. I'll figure it out on my own. I want to go to a different organization. Maybe there's a little bit of that with Miles. Yeah. I, I know if I were makes it in, for, in his shoes, it, I would think maybe you go to a
2: Makes it easy for spring training. I guess picking a picking a I spot mean, to goes, live in spring he, training.
1: He goes in the first round. He ain't gonna have to worry about
2: yeah. where he lives. Uh, he is, as I mentioned, he's the uh, he's comfortably in the uh, top 100. Yeah, um, and is considered the top Canadian high school. Pretty But, cool. but, but again, it's hard to tell with 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 it is. with baseball rankings because there are economic factors. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. You know, people won't tell you this, but there's a lot of stuff done before the draft. Oh, sure. There's a lot of. Things that are nudge nudge, wink wink. Yeah, things lie. that are done before the draft. Like, <laughs> don't lie. worry, we'll yeah, we'll we're, take
1: you. We're taking you in the first round.
2: Yeah, or we're Ooh. taking you in the third round. But don't <laughs> worry, we're going to pay you like like yeah. you're in the yeah, uh, like yeah. you're in the first round. <laughs> um, mm. yeah. And uh, anyhow, we appreciate, mom. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. That's yeah, good. 416-413-3959. Uh, That's a back leg line. Uh, we heard from Yannick in London,
5: Ontario. Awesome. Uh, just a comment and a question. My comment would be about uh, you say Kikuchi. Love his battle. Love the fact that he fights every five days. Uh, do not love the fact that off his safety blanket, he's given up 10 of his 15 home runs this yeah, year. Very good. Um, no safety blanket should travel that far. <laughs> so I think it's time for the adults in the room to take that away from him uh, and just eliminate that slider, cutter, whatever it is. Yeah. And then secondly, <laughs> yeah, my question awesome. would be, or Jeff, um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. not to compare Barry Bonds to Vladdy, but Barry moved right up on the plate, if I remember correctly, yes. to eliminate the inside for pitchers. Ooh. Is it possible that maybe Vladdy should move up tighter on the plate so he avoids swinging at that inside fastball that or cutter that seems to be his uh, downfall currently? Anyways, thanks for letting me know.
2: Yeah, I appreciate. That's I mean, the one point. the one thing I always tell, I mean. Barry, I mean, I saw Barry when he was with the Pirates, when pre-Barry as well. He was just, everything he did was quick. It was simple. Just light. Yeah. It was repeatable. Ex- exactly. It was lightning quick. Is that is that kind bloody? of is that bloody? Simple? No. Repeatable? You know, Barry was kind of, there wasn't was kind of set, and it just. Yeah, no, it, normally, normally. There wasn't most, a lot of wasted movement. Normally,
1: most people that move around the batter's box are trying to change point of contact. Right. It's not so much about what you're trying to take. It's where you it's where want you're to trying hit. to make contact, yeah. right? It's like you know, if you say if you're facing a guy that throws a big slow breaking ball, scoop closer to I, him, right? Catch it before it breaks. It's sort of that thing, right? Yeah. You're trying to change where the point of contact is. If you're late on a bunch of heaters, right, you may move ba further back in the batter's box. It's also so you're tra- you have a better chance of keeping it fair. Those kind of
2: things. It's also a different game now than than, than it was it, back then. It, it, it is. Um I, you know, the, the, the khakis would have to agree. See, one of the and I don't know. I mean, I can't get in Vladdy's head, but one of the things I often wonder about Vladdy and you've talked about scooting up in the box and, and w- w- with other guys as well. I think Moises Alou. We talked about this. Moises Alou used to move all over the place in the box,
1: right on top of the box,
2: right. And yeah, and especially right if you if it. you if you brushed it. I told you the story about Mo. If you brushed him back, he moved closer. But he's and- simple, short, just. Let gravity take over. Right? I do wonder if maybe Vladdy Junior. I if he thinks that sometimes he needs to be like Vladdy Senior. I've talked about this. Bo Bichette is like Vladdy Senior. Watching. Well, it was uh, uh, Mickey Hatcher who was who was Vladdy's. Vladdy senior's hitting coach with the angels told me one time that watching him take batting practice was like watching a guy swing a tennis racket. I, and, 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 and we've talked about Bo, Bo's hand eye skills and his quickness. A lot of that comes from, I, I think comes from, from, from his tennis background. So I think Bo is more like Vladdy junior or Vladdy senior in terms of, I can hit any pitch wherever you sure. throw it. And, and maybe, Vladdy needs to realize, and I've never talked about this. Maybe he already realizes this. He's not his dad. Yeah. he's, he's just—he's not his dad. That doesn't mean he's worse. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's going to be better. But he's not his dad. I mean, there might be something to that. I—that's I, not what I see. I—I I, I see a
1: a the a kid that has expectations on him that may not always be fair. Like, every, you know, all we ever talk about it is when the Blue Jays are struggling, what's Vladdy doing? Why why isn't Vladdy hitting? If Vladdy were hitting, uh, this would happen. Why, why isn't Vladdy playing better defense? Why isn't he running the best? Like, it's always about Vladdy, right? The expectations are through the roof. It's almost like he's still a kid trying to figure out what makes him the best junior that he can yeah. possibly be. Oh, by the way, hurry up and do it. Cause we need you to, need you to help, help us, us win a championship. It's it's a it's a little un- sometimes, even for me. I because he does special things well, when he's
2: swinging at a good pitch. Listen, it's special. It comes off his barrel, uh, second to none. Here's the other thing, too, Kevin. And, and this is people always uh, we get this in Blue Jays talk all the time. But I think that maybe Vladdy's contractual situation is an, is an issue. You know, Bo got the got the three year contract. The only thing I will. I, I'll say this about that. Vladdy knows there is a window of opportunity to win with this group, that it is not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's eyewash that he likes the, I mean, these guys have all come up together. I think there's, I don't know if they're best friends, but I think, the idea of winning with dudes you've come up. Mike Soroka talks about this. The idea of yeah. winning you, with dudes you've ridden with on the bus. You know, dudes you've sat around and had the Subway sandwich with after a horrible game. The idea of winning sure. with those guys, there is something there. And I wonder if maybe Vladdy gets a sense that to win with this group, the clock is ticking, and he's asking himself, why haven't they made this game? commitment to me yeah but if you, you have
1: any doubt of whether he he cares or not no, that's just look he, he, that, he's, that's, fly, he's that's, flying he's in family to, that, to, to that's fix nonsense. this that, he,
2: he's trying to hurry up and, listen, and fix whatever that's absolute, the problem is that's absolute nonsense nonsense right? i took a lot of grief in the first year because people said well you're carrying water for vladdy you know, you don't do that on this You're, show. you're, you're carrying water. You're mm-hmm. you're not hard enough on him. And I kept telling people, you know what? All I heard about this guy is he had a weight issue, and he didn't know where he was going to play. He might have to be sure a DH. Every day. Well, you know what? He plays every day. Oh, it does. And he, yeah, he needs a DH. So what? He plays every day. Mm-hmm. He DHs sometimes, not as often as you all thought he would, uh, not as often as I thought he would. Mm-hmm. Give him credit for that. Give him credit for the fact that he's turned himself into a Gold Glove first baseman. Because this is a guy again. He didn't know where he's going to play, yeah. And and you brought this up, and again, he plays every day. And that's what's that old line: the best of, of uh, the best ability is availability. If you're not, you can be the greatest player of the world. If you if you need a day off every three days, you're of you're of no use to me. But so, the fact
1: is, we're about fifty-five, almost fifty-five games in. He hasn't yeah. had a home run at home. Yet. Well, yes. So I, he he needs to get this
2: going. Yeah, he does like, need to get honest. it going. But I but I also think that there's sometimes I just think we need to remind ourselves a little bit of, of mm-hmm. what we think of Vladdy now oh, and no what, question. and what we thought of Vladdy. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And, um, and here's the other thing, cause I know that Jay's fans get frustrated. You got no choice. He's going yeah. nowhere. Well, he's having a good year. He's just not having a great year. It, exactly. And I don't know. I, uh, it, it, I understand we have to talk about it all the time because it is the story. Oh. Like it, we're not just blowing smoke, and we say he's the difference maker. No in this question. Team. Yeah, Bo
1: keeps having this type of year. Yeah, you if know, Don is going to get cleaned up. He's a big. But deal. Vladdy,
2: Vladdy is a big deal. Yes, and everybody knows that Vladdy's a big deal. And you know who else knows he's a big deal? Vladdy knows he's a big deal. And the organization. So, but that is a uh, that is a good that that is. An interesting take. I just I, I mentioned Gwynn and Bonds, and you know you talked about Ken Ken Griffey Junior.'s probably the, the best all around player. Yeah, best hitter. The difference between Gwynn and Bonds is you could not get those guys out. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get Gwynn out because he Gwynn was that was hit it where he's going to hit it where it's pitched. Yeah, and Gwynn was happy with the single. Absolutely. Gwyn, that that's how you hit. Mm-hmm. That's how you hit. You know, hit flirt with with four hundred. And Bonds was just two, I mean, two Bonds swings is just a series. A freak. Two swings a series. Yeah. Better make them good. Yeah. And he did. And, and and you know, again, the stories are legendary, right? About Bonds. Walk to load the bases with one out because. I, I played for the Brewers. I was standing at first.
1: Phil Gardner. Bases loaded. Can't stand on the on deck circle. I think we're up by four runs. Yep. Walked him to have Kent. I think Kent popped out or something. It
2: worked. And and that, that was the thing about Bonds that when you watched him, just the, the fact that... And God, even as he got closer and closer to the record, he would get one good pitch a game, maybe. Hit it in the bay. And he hit it in the bay. Crazy. And that was the only thing. That was the only pitch he was going to have a chance to hit. Crazy. The only pitch he was going to have a chance to hit. And because he wasn't loved, you know, guys raise People their games... Them. To f- they raised their game to face Barry. Yeah, they really. There's yeah, nothing. You like, know what? There's nothing romantic. Yeah, there was nothing romantic about <laughs> yeah, giving we, up coach. giving up a home run to, to Bonds. <laughs> like there wasn't, <laughs> Coach. Yeah, welcome, please. And uh, and 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 that was part of it as well. So that's something we'll 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 uh, have we'll have a, we'll have a uh, when we have more time we'll have a deeper discussion about that because because Bonds is just um, and it, then I get into the whole asterisk thing and steroids. I don't feel like going off on that right now. Uh, That is it for us. Ben Wagner and Ben Nicholson-Smith are in the booth. They're ready to take it over from here. Jays and Brewers, second of three games tonight, 7.07 first pitch. This big lunk and myself will be back after Blue Jays talk, or after the game for Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow as well from 5 to 7. Have yourself a great night.